hey, Pastor Bob, did you know that you are technically more creative in the shower because you have increased dopamine levels while you're in the shower? Me personally or just generally Generally speaking? speaking. Yeah. When I have to write a sermon, uh, I'll oftentimes like get ready for the day. I'll have a sermon on the mind. I'll have a text I've read through. You know where this is going. And uh, I'll end up having a lot of thoughts in the shower. And so I'll go out after I get the shower, getting ready to brush my teeth and stuff, and I'll write down a lot of the things on my sermon or on my notes in my phone. Uh, And that oftentimes will make its way into the sermon on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Tuesday night. Um, That's an interesting story. Is that too much information? Karen and I are trying to process I'm reading the room. Too much information. <laughs> well, so one time, so one time, Kara said, tell them about the crayons. Here's the story of the crayons. One time, I, I think I probably still have them on my Amazon, uh, s- like, save for later list, which I have like 400 things on my Amazon save for later list. So basically, if it's in your cart at one point in time, but you're like, I shouldn't spend the money for this, you press a button and it saves it for later. And on my, go ahead. Like shower crayons? So on my... On my save for later list, there are shower crayons. I know they're still there. So you write directly onto the tile? Yes. With your shower crayons? Yeah, you just have to make sure where you write is not going to be directly hit by the water. So it doesn't wash off, because they're washable, of course. Thus, they're shower crayons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Expo markers, I feel like, wouldn't work. I think Expo markers, like if How they hit, long do if you they, stand in the shower? If they hit the grout, I feel like Expo <laughs> markers wouldn't wash out. Well, it, so your, the answer to that depends. It depends on whether I have a really good idea for a sermon, right? This Sunday, Peter's rising people from the dead. I've got to have some thoughts here, right? So, so you've been taking a lot I'm, of showers. I may need to, to like, this out? I may need to get some, some shower crayons on Amazon. Did you know we've already started the podcast? I figured you had. Okay. That's awesome. Hey, well, welcome to the podcast and welcome to podcast talk before the podcast starts, but the podcast already started. Woo-hoo. Hey, welcome to the Unsexy Church Podcast. We're glad that you joined us. I'm so traumatized right now. For that conversation. I have more facts. That was not the fact of the no. day. <laughs> I can hardly wait. But hey, a fact, Do I need to get a crayon to write it down? A, f- <laughs> a fact of next week is you're on vacation. I am. Darlene and I are on vacation, and we are excited. And when the cat's away, I, the yeah, mice will play. You know, what doesn't hurt me while I'm away... I'll put together when I get Makes back. Makes you stronger? Is I, that a song? I don't know how that goes. I don't even, I don't it's know a Kanye West song. All right. What doesn't hurt? No, stronger. No, it's Kelly Clarkson. Oh, my uh, I don't know. See, what's the difference? Kelly Clarkson, Kanye West. Okay. So you're headed on a vacation on a cruise? We are, yes. Yeah. Where are you going? Uh, on a boat. And you don't want to tell us go. where you're going? No, I don't, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, here's the deal. I'm sure the boat, no one can still sign up for. This isn't even coming out until you're already in the boat. Come on, where are you going? I don't care. Why? The Caribbean. Generally speaking, we're going to the Caribbean. Are you going to Cancun? No. Are you going to... I, oh, you've told me like There's twice. There's a lot of islands You've told me like twice. I don't remember. Uh, why, why won't you tell us? We're just going to go soak up some sunshine, man. We're just going to go get away and just enjoy each other. And Good. Have some... But you can't Downtime. share where you're going? No, it's all secret. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just because it's more fun. A cruise goes to, it usually goes to like, you know, the same, you know, 10 islands or so. Cosmel, you're not going to Cosmel. I know that. You mentioned where you're going and I know Cosmel's not on the list. Right. Um, oh, I do know, I do remember one. Do you? Jamaica. Yeah, man. 
<laughs> you are going to Jamaica. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I remember that one. I don't remember the rest. So, uh, hey, so we're glad you're listening in. I don't remember what last week's episode was about, but I s- hope it was helpful. I actually heard it playing in my car uh, the other day. My wife was listening to the episodes. She actually likes our podcast. Was it God's will for you to forget what the podcast was about? That's what it was about. Uh. That's what it was about. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was God's will for her to listen to it. No, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but she did listen to it. I was, I was. Uh, we went out to lunch with some friends from the church, and it was playing on the speaker. So she had been listening to it that morning. So uh, that's always encouraging that my wife enjoys something that I do, and she enjoyed that episode. <laughs> so good. Um, hey, before we get into the topic of today, which will be a fun topic, and we're exhibiting maybe a little bit of the topic, yeah. uh, uh, but I've got some facts. Uh, did you know, Pastor Bob? <laughs> Does this have anything else to do with showering? <laughs> no. Okay, good. It's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland. Is it? Yeah, because I... it's considered animal abuse uh, to own only one because they're social beings and can get lonely. Is this a big issue in in, in you know, Switzerland? I don't know. Like, I don't know if they like, knock on door and say how many how many get how many Are guinea pigs do you have? Guinea pig police or. <laughs> <laughs> Or like they see you playing in the park and there's one guinea pig you're chasing after like, where's the second? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've got a, I've got people a, take their guinea pigs uh, to the park in Switzerland <laughs> and chase them. Well, you know, the Swiss, Kara has her the, hand in the, air. the she Swiss has are a different people. I don't know. <laughs> the guinea pigs need a friend. Are you saying that that's important for today's podcast? Huh? So the Friends. reason is that the guinea pigs are social creatures and they social need creatures. Else. Otherwise it's cruelty that they're not. In packs? Supposedly. Okay. You know, this is not on a reputable website, so I think it's true. <laughs> hey, I've got another one. I know, Have like, you we're been cruising we're, the internet again. No, no, I mean, it's 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 on a website that says 50 plus random facts to have an on hand at your next dinner party. Well, we don't have a dinner party. I'm drinking, drinking ginger ale and you're drinking a latte, a decaf latte. Yuck. Uh, but we're having a conversation with one another. Judge, hey, I got real boy. I've got, I've got one more. Never been called that before. (laughs) I've got one more fact for you. Uh, even though that friendship one would have been a good segue, I've got another fact. I've got another segue for us. So, so did you know that the ancient Romans used to drop a piece of toast into their wine for good health? Hence, why we raise a toast. I did know that. Did you really? I don't know how they toasted it, but I did know that. (sighs) How, How would they, they have toasted it? Over an open fire, I guess. I, you know, you put on a brick. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, if you did it in the oven or like on some kind of like flat iron, you know, mm-hmm. you would think you'd have to put something on the toast for it to not just like the whole thing warm, so it actually like that's what's char or something about this. But yes, I did know that that, that yeah. phrase. The butter. If you put butter on it, maybe lay it down. Would it char a little bit? If it doesn't move, perhaps. You know, like when you when you char a steak. <laughs> Did you know this? When you, when you cook steak, right, mm-hmm. depending on how you cook it, uh, like the way that I cook it, as I <laughs> – we're getting into how I cook steak, I'm sorry, is, you know, you put it on cast iron. You, um, I make sure to have butter in there and some other things, but you don't move the steak so that it gets the char, mm-hmm. right? And then you flip it to right. get the char on the other side, but you don't want to move it. Right. Toast same way, maybe. Perhaps. Um, we were talking about idioms before the podcast. You're waiting to get the subject, and I'm just going to keep – Away from the subject for a while. Idioms. Idioms. An M. And we mentioned the phrase to uh, to beat around the bush, right? To to not get to the topic at hand, right? Um, to do avoid you, saying what you mean. Do you think anybody's still listening at this point? I think so. I think this is fun for me. 
I don't know if it's fun for anybody listening, <laughs> but I think this is fun. What's what's the um, what's the background of the idiom beating around the bush? Well, I googled it. This is what gingersoftware.com says. No idea, but it's it's the one that popped up it's on very reputable on Google. You know, Google sometimes like will give you the info and just like show the website it came from and then show you a list of websites so you can find the information. This is the info it gives. The, the origin of the idiom, beating around the bush, is associated with hunting. In medieval times, hunters would hire men to beat, or the, uh, beat the area around bushes with sticks in order to flush out game taking cover underneath. So you hit the bush, game comes out from underneath it, you shoot it. Do you duck quickly then at that point? I don't, you if know. you the guy beating the bush, you, do you just hit the bush fast. and fall? I mean, what do you do? I mean, the reason you're hiring them because you don't want to get so close to the creatures. They have to get close to the creatures and they have to get close to the gunfire. So hope it's, they get paid well. Like being a javelin catcher. That would be fun. There's guys that caught it. <laughs> you throw it's a javelin a, into a field. It was an Olympic sport. Yes. Javelin catching. Javelin catching was the sport? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Who catches a javelin? Nobody. That's the point. <laughs> is this some phrase from like the 80s? <laughs> is this like an idiom? Catching a javelin? Uh, sure it is. Who now. catches a javelin? That's the point. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> What's the point of this podcast? Probably? I don't know. Hey, well, we're talking. Uh, see if you can guess, Pastor Bob, about what we're talking. Once I, play I have this. no idea what we're talking about at this point. Are you ready? Just a little, uh, just a little Michael W. Kara's Smith for your morning. Going. Thank you for that. That really helped the ambiance. Little Michael W. Smith for our morning, afternoon, whatever time of the day it is. Yeah, um, I, I heard. I don't know if this is true. I want to. I want to Google this. I'm not going to do it now. I heard that um, during one uh, divisive Southern Baptist convention, uh, they someone from the platform encouraged the audience to grab hands. And to sing Michael W. Smith's "Friends," friends are friends forever. I don't doubt it. I don't. I don't. I was not there yeah. at the time when it happened. I was not I alive. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Wow. Hey, today we're talking about friendships. Why they're important. What they are, and uh, and and what to look for in a friend. Right. A number of things. So, uh, I want to start with off with a proverb. Proverbs twenty-seven nine. So it says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Friends are good, right? Now, um, Pastor Bob, feel free to chime in at any point in here, but I tried to think of like some definition for friendships. I found one, but the it was difficult to think through, okay, how do you define what a friendship is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're we're hard-pressed to define it, right? Um, but we know friendship when we see it, and we know friendship when we experience it. Right. Here's an attempt by Jonathan Holmes uh, on the Council Board for Biblical Counseling. He said, Biblical friendship exists when two or more people, bound together by a common faith in Christ, pursue him and his kingdom with intentionality and vulnerability. Rather than serving as an end in itself, biblical friendship serves primarily to bring glory to Christ, who brought us into friendship with the Father. It is indispensable to the work of the gospel and the earth, and an essential element of what God has created us for. Long definition. Wow. But I think it's helpful. We're created for one another. Right. And our the, the goal of our friendships is to, of course, glorify God by enjoying one another. 
and by working together so that Christ is known in and through our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah, friendships. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I mean, I Christian friendships or friendships? Yes. Yes. So friendships, you know, generally speaking, are just a bond of mutual affection between people, right? Yeah. So you're you're bonded together by mutual care for one another, mutual affection towards one another and things in life. So you might be bonded over a hobby. You might be bonded over relationships. Yeah, there's many things that can bond us together. But we have certain people in our lives that we're closer to, feel more akin to than, mm-hmm. than others. And then, of course, biblical friendship. Um, I think that's a good definition that, that you were reading there that adds the element of, of course, Christ is at the center of it, Christ-centered. Yeah. I think I think friendships don't have an exact science either, right? Because I think um, in my life, there's like certain hobbies and certain a certain personality I have that God's given me, right? Um, that, uh, that may annoy some, right? I guess, uh, certain affinities that I have. And you would think, okay. Like writing uh, things in the shower. Sure. You know, telling other people about it, you know? Uh, and so you would think if someone also does that, if there is a creature on earth that does the same things that we would be friends, but that's not always the case, right? Sometimes even opposites attract, right? So friendship's not an exact science, um, but I think we're drawn close to those that um, we can enjoy life alongside of, right? Uh, so you, you, I think, you know, some of your friends might enjoy doing the same things that you do, right? Might enjoy talking about the same things that you do, because mm-hmm. you want someone when you think about a friend that you can talk to, right? And someone that you don't have to like research how to talk to them before you talk to them, so that they find joy in your conversation, right? Sure. So yeah. is there like a scale of intimacy or closeness in friendship? So can you, you know, because everybody says, well, this is my best friend, right? So you're my friend, but this is my best friend. So that's, there seems to be like a scale of friendship there. I think once you get married and you're like past the age of 25, saying as a guy that you have a best friend is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's weird. Is that weird? Do you have a best friend? I do no, have a best friend. I'm not your best friend. I don't know. I don't know. You're, don't on, have, you're no, on my scale. I don't, I don't have a best friend. That, that just seems weird. You just said it was weird, so yeah, no, you're like, not. Hey, Brock is my bestie. Like that's just—he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine. You know, I don't know. I think when, once sure. you passed a certain, you're past a certain age. I, girls may be different, but like, Carrie, are girls different? Okay, mm-hmm. girls are different. Girls I'm glad to know that different. girls glad are different. You know that, <laughs> glad I'm glad you come to that realization. <laughs> but Girls are different. But like, uh, okay, maybe you just totally disagree with me. But um, but yeah, there's a, there's a scale. You go back to the scale you were mentioning. I, I'm asking. Scale of yeah, those that yeah. you're closer to sure, sure. versus those you're not so close to. Right. So you, right? Can, you can have friends um, that are close acquaintances, more close than other people that you kind of see, but you mm-hmm. don't really have much in common with. Yeah. Um, then you have a group of friends, and maybe it kind of scales down to like a, a level of comfort and intimacy, and mm-hmm. what you're willing to share with them, and they're willing to share with you. You know. So as far as best friend goes, you mentioned marriage. Uh, I'm fortunate. I'm married to my best friend, right? Mm-hmm. So, and my my spouse, I think, should be my best friend, right? But I do have male friends that are really close, and I I do have a male friend that I would consider my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm not gonna make fun of you. That's you already did. He so seems it's okay. like a nice guy. You don't know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a church member. You think. His name's Kevin. <laughs> wow. I know exactly Dang. who you're talking about. And it's not me. Um, so there you go, Kara. You're going down um, on the scale as we speak. So, so sliding on the scale. <laughs> so I thought we'd have a fun time talking about this subject. Uh, so you're saying that there are friends that over time you um, feel a sort of closeness to, to to trust and to share things that you may not with 
a larger group of friends. Um, so, um, I, I know we'll come back to this later, but I, I, I print out a, like a, a, a chart of four states, spaces of belonging. I saw this on Twitter. I couldn't even tell you who, uh, uh, wrote it because the person who shared it wasn't the person who wrote it, but the four spaces of belonging that we might have like a two to four people in our lives that are kind of like in our intimate space. We share a lot of things with, maybe there's a group text of GIFs or something like that. We share, um, you know, uh, you know, funny things throughout the day with. Uh, then there's like five to 12, maybe, you know, give or take a number here of some that, you know, we've invited into our personal space, but they're not like our closest of friends, right? They're not those that if there's a big major life um, decision to be made that we're asking or telling those about. Uh, and then there's maybe some in our social space, some that we interact with uh, frequently, uh, maybe in, even even those in our church or in like specific groups in our church. And then those there's the public space. There's a space that, you know, we inhabit on a daily basis where we work, uh, where we go to the gym, uh, where we eat. Sometimes if we have like a spot that we go eat at every single week or we have, you know, have at the same Starbucks um, or the whole church, um, uh, these are kind of spaces of, you know, friendships from intimate to less intimate, from more trust to less trust, sure. from more conversations had on personal issues to less conversations had on personal issues. And I think this is normal. I think this is okay. I think Jesus exhibited this, right? Jesus had the three and then the 12 and then the crowds, right? Who were the three? Peter, James, and John. And the 12? Well, the 12 disciples. And then the crowd of disciples and then the... And then wherever he went, right, where people sure. were interested in miracles. Yeah. So, so I, so, sorry, <laughs> no, I don't disagree with you. I think I think that we ought to have an intimate group of of friends, and it should be very limited, right? So, if you're married, it should be your spouse, maybe one or two others in that group. Where uh, these, I would call these like the three a.m. friends, right? So, if something happens mm. in your life, and in, in, in the, at three a.m., these are the folks that are going to show up. Right? Yeah. Uh, then you have a wa- a broader group, maybe personal friends. That that's a little bit larger, a five to, you know, like you said, five to 12, five to 10. Uh, I would, I'd probably limit it even more. Uh, and, and these are the 10 PM folks, you know, if something happens at 10 PM, it's okay that they know about it. Then there's a, a broader group than that that you kind of associate with. They're available. They're around. These are the daytime folks. If something happens during the daytime, they're there. Uh, and then you even have a, a broader group that just that, that, that kind of know you by sight, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have so, access to your email account. Yeah. Probably send so. you a lot of forward emails, even even text. You know, I, I don't I don't give my cell phone out to everybody. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I say yeah, that I have in the past, but I don't. I've never got a 3 a.m. text. I am not a best friend. Yeah. I think I've gotten a 10 p.m. text probably from you, but I've never got a. Yeah. You said 3 a.m. friends. I don't think we're 3 a.m. friends. I don't think you've ever sent me a text at 3 a.m. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I rarely send texts at 3 a.m. And if maybe I do, I'll get one one day. You, you don't want a maybe, 3 a.m. text. Yeah, I probably don't. <laughs> Those aren't good. <laughs> no, it might be like a. Uh, I, I woke up early because you wake up at like four a.m. randomly sometimes. And I you're do. Like, but I saw I this don't funny text video. My friends when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this funny video. Trent, look at this. Um, hey, in his book, The Four Loves, C.S. Lewis famously wrote that friendship is unnecessary. It has no survival value. So it's easy to forsake when we think about what we need to survive. Oh, well, friendship's not necessary. But then he actually goes on to say, it is one of those things which gives value to survival. Hmm. I think that's really good. That's from his book, The Four Loves. Um, So I would say, you know, when we think even at the garden, of course, we've got male and female there. But we were not created from the beginning to be alone, right? Uh, uh, God looked at man and looked at all the other things that he had created and said, 
there needs to be something different here, another human, right? Of course, he made a counterpart to Adam for Adam's benefit, not only in uh, um, sort of friendship relationship, but an intimate relationship of marriage. But we were created in love by God to love one another, right? God sees man not good. There's not one fit for him. Then he creates his counterpart, right? So uh, friendships, I would argue, then are, in, are incredibly important. And now there's different stages of life we have friendships in, our single years and our marriage years. And there's a significant shift there from our single years to our marriage years when it comes to friendships. And I think it would be a good to have just a brief conversation. Why are friendships important in your single years? And then why are friendships important in your married years? Right. Why in your single years? Well, we're, as you were saying, we're, we're created to be relational, right? We, that's how God wired us to have relationships. He's not designed us to walk through life on our own. And so the purposes of friendship is to help us walk through life, right? Mm -hmm. To make wise decisions, decisions to enjoy life together. So we see these things in, in singleness, right? That we're not just lonely and off on our own, but that we have a group around us that, that is like-minded and helps us to make good choices. Yeah. There's a direct correlation between, um, isolation and depression. Right. Like we're not meant to be alone. Right. Even a person that has a personality that can read books all day needs a friend. Right. Uh, if I've learned anything right uh, from working with teenagers is that loneliness is an epidemic. Right. Students need friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and th- those are individuals who are not, of course, yet married. Uh, when you kind of get older in your single years and, you know, um, maybe you're working, you're in the workforce, you're out of the home and you have like an apartment to yourself. I think it is to your great benefit that you get a roommate. Um, uh, you know, if you're a guy, a guy, if you're a girl, a girl, um, but you have someone, uh, a Christian friend. So Christians listen to them, this, I would really encourage a Christian roommate, right? So that you can, uh, not only, uh, you know, have someone to bounce ideas off and talk with and laugh with, but also to encourage you in faithfulness to Jesus in a number of ways mm-hmm. where loneliness could encourage other activities. Yeah. So singleness, I think uh, a lonely person can be a dangerous person, right? I'm not saying it is, but can be. And marriage, right? I think uh, it's healthy in a marriage even for the two individuals to have friendships, right? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily for those friendships to be up, apart from the friendship of the marriage, right? So, right. uh, so my, my wife and I, we have, um, uh, two couples that we get w- together with once a month. Uh, the guys get together, um, outside of the whole group. The girls get together outside of the whole group. Um, and we get together once a month. And that's been like super life giving to my wife and I. Yeah. No, super I think it's really good. Again, yeah. I think once you're married, your spouse should be your best friend. That's the one you should be spending the most, of your, most of your time with and energy with. But we should have friends. Uh, and and I would I would strongly recommend that the friends that we have would be for us the husband having a male friend right and not female friends hundred percent right and and vice versa so because because when you're single I think it's okay to have friends of the opposite sex I think it's okay as long as you know what that that's what it is just don't be weird exactly just don't be weird about it yeah but once you get married that needs to change right so yeah you, so your close friends that you're allowing to speak into your life and you're spending time with don't need to be people of the opposite sex yeah. No, I think that's even, good. even if they're people that you generally have a friendship with and you care about, 
it, it, you just need to guard your, your marriage and your spouse that way. So what this looks like for my wife and I, and just to give an example, right? Not a perfect one. Um, but uh, I have a group of guys I get together with Thursday mornings. Um, uh, two different individuals who are, um, in ministry around this area. Um, my wife gets together with the girls probably once a month or so, which are the girls are their two wives. And then we all get together about once a month or so, just in each other's homes. We all have kids. Uh, it is chaos when we're all together, but it's great. Um, and then we also have one more group, and that's a group of families from our church. Uh, so there's three other families in our church that we get together with once a month. We've actually called it Songs and Supper, and basically we just sing a couple hymns and then eat a lot of good food, right? There's not really much of an agenda other than just hanging out and eating. So we did that this past Sunday. Again, a lot of chaos, a lot of kids. Um, there was a zip line in one of their backyards. That was nice. crazy. Uh, there was a pool. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a little nuts, but it was fun. A lot of fun. And that, like truly, my wife and I get to laugh beside one another, um, with other couples laughing beside one another. The, the guys that I've chosen to hang around while at imperfect as they are and imperfect as I am, um, encourage my joy in my wife, mm-hmm. encourage my relationship with my wife. Um, and so that's really important when you're trying to look for different friends. How are they stirring you um, in the right affections, right, toward Jesus, mm-hmm. toward your wife, toward loving what is good? Um, and uh, and how can you guys be knuckleheads without um, being uh, unholy knuckleheads, right? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. But both groups you've just described as your friend groups are people that you have something in common with, right? Mm-hmm. So you have ministry in common with them, or you just have stage of life in common with them, with kids yeah. and everything. And and that's important, right? Yeah. And, and as you guys mature, and you're young now, but you're going to get older, yeah. but you'll all do it together. And, and the, the bonds of that friendship will grow as you experience life together. Yeah. And one of the things, it's kind of funny, because you get to a point where you can kind of jab at one another. And I think guys do this more than girls do, probably. Um, but like one of the guys in that group of four, uh, families, like loves like, um, sci-fi stuff, which is so boring to me, mm-hmm. just unbelievably boring. Like, right. yeah. So you don't have everything in common. No, I just kind of make fun of sci-fi stuff. Right. But don't, don't, don't out him on the broadcast. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I'm not saying who he is. <laughs> so, um, and there's a number of things that I like that they're like, yeah, that's so lame. Uh, so I, I just think friendships are super duper important, right? Um, here's just a few uh, a few words. We were created to exist. This is Emily Jensen, co-founder of Risen Motherhood. We were created to exist in specific communities of friendship so that we would spur one another on to love and good works. We're meant to build each other up in Christ, counsel each other, and help each other apply biblical wisdom and walk in obedience. It's a tremendous gift to have friends who love Jesus, walk in the Spirit, examine life together from decisions to, uh, sorry, from decisions about church to discussions about aging parents. Praise the Lord for friends who allow us to be vulnerable, who get into the weeds with us, and who help us press on toward godliness. When you're thinking about choosing friends, even here's a few verses from the Proverbs. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Here's a Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. What's that typical um, proverb that we use today? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? Show you what you'll become like. Right. Uh, one more. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Yeah. Choose your friends wisely. Way back in the day when I was a student pastor, uh, 
one of the things I would talk to the kids about is be careful who you choose as your friends because um, you become like the friends you choose. Mm-hmm. The, the people that you surround you with, that, that's what you're going to look like. That's right. So, right. So, and we see biblical examples of friendship formed in scripture. Mm-hmm. Of course, David and Jonathan come to mind, first Samuel 18 through 20, mm-hmm. you know, where they were just knit together and, and, and loved one another as, as they love themselves. Um, so we see examples of this that God puts in place. Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy. You got a mentor relationship and a right. friendship. Yeah. Uh, you, you might make the same argument of Paul and, and Titus and Paul, you know, uh, uh, along the way. Um, you mentioned some Proverbs, Proverbs seventeen seventeen. a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for adversity. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty four. a man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yeah, I've got that one right here. Did you have that one? Did it's you good. say that one? No, I didn't say it. No, yeah. it's good. I think I heard that one. So let me let me ask this, if 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 I may, as we kind of come to a conclusion, unless there's something more you want to say here, I'm going to kind of throw something in your, uh, um, to, to back to you, as a pastor, a lead pastor, a pastor of almost 15 years at First Baptist Tampa, 14 years here at First Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a lot of people who know you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, is it is it hard to have friends in your church like is it hard to have like a close friend in your church that's not because people aren't friendly that that has nothing not at all not at all not at all um nor is it that i'm unfriendly i i'm 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 by nature an introvert yeah um it it takes energy for me to get close to people um but i enjoy doing it um and your wife's an extrovert my completely yeah you see again those those uh, opposites attract exactly right um, and I have pastor friends who say you cannot be friends with any of your church members. Hmm. You can't be friends with your staff. You can't be friends with your church members. I don't. Kevin's know. testing you then. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> he is. Uh, a, a, he's new, been a friend. Me. He's and been a testing member. me for forty plus years now, so it's okay. Um, I don't know how you can be a good pastor and a good leader without being open and friend friendly with people. Now. Hmm doesn't mean that that my most intimate friends necessarily have to be church members like that smallest group may not be they may not be yeah they may be but they may not be yeah you know but there ought to be a sense where where the people know me and they feel comfortable talking to me Mm -hmm. right and so i try to make myself available on sundays i try to be around darlene and i'll hang out with folks we uh, we don't go out a lot with with folks Mm because we just enjoy being with each other and kind of getting away but we we enjoy being around other folks so um, yeah, it's, it's not everybody can be my best friend and that's okay. Uh, but I want everybody to know that I care about them and that they, that I'm open and, and can have a relationship with them. So I don't know how you can shepherd without being a, a friend to people. Yeah. I do think some have said pastoral ministry feels lonely sometimes because those who, um, you know, call themselves members of a church, right. Uh, have a hard time separating, the pastor's position from his own person, right? right? And so there's just kind of a little bit of a disconnect sometimes where pastors can have a hard time, Mm -hmm. you know, befriending members of their church. But I think it is really healthy to have members within your own church that you call friends, even close friends, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's also healthy for the people to know that that I'm the same guy all the time, right? Yeah. So when I'm in the pulpit, I'm the same guy that you're going to see if you just catch me in the hallway. I I don't – I'm I'm just a Christ follower like everybody else, happen to be called to – to lead. Um, but I don't, who, who I am is who you see. I, yeah. I, I don't have things to hide. Um, but at the same time, there are 
decisions that pastors have to make, their processes that, that we have to go through that I can't openly share with everybody. Sure. So you do need some confidants. You need some people that you can trust and yeah, uh, and, and circles of, of influence in your life. So for some members, right, there can be a an apprehension to say, yeah, it, I, it's hard for me to con- connect with him, not because he's not the same person here or there, mm-hmm. but he just he's my pastor, and it's hard to just me just to talk to him like a friend. There might be a few members like that. Um, some pastors may fear um, to, to become friends with a few closer than others, mm-hmm. uh, a feeling like others would see me as being exclusive. Right. Right. Like so having favorites. Is it, is it, exclusive pastor bob to have some that you hang out with more than others no i think i think, I think this is a good question yeah no, i think this no, question it, it is have. and i think it's natural right okay i think it's natural you just connect with some people more than you connect with others and you just you know you're comfortable with them not that you're uncomfortable with others but yeah no i, I think it's natural of course one needs to be very careful with this right right so that there's not a sort of exclusivity like this is the in crowd and you're not the in crowd, right? I think when we're in public mm-hmm. spaces, especially in the church, uh, we want to have open circles and not closed circles, even with when we stand together. Yeah. Unless there's, well, unless we're discussing a private yeah. matter, our, our circles are open. But I do think it's helpful and healthy to have a few maybe that we're closer to that we can confide in and can confide in us, mm-hmm. right? That we can enjoy, or else we'll never have meaningful relationships if we try to have meaningful relationships with 100, 200, 300, 400 plus people, right? right? And so if I think as pastors, we're careful to say, Hey, like there's not a gain for you to be my friend in our church, right? A gain for our church. Mm-hmm. There's just a gain of just me, <laughs> right? Which may not be that much of a gain. It may not so, be. so it's okay if you're not in my closest friend circle, right? That's different than like mm-hmm. a staff circle, right? Right. Um, and, and I think that, I think, uh, you know, I think misperception has caused pastors to fear being perceived as exclusive mm-hmm. um but um but i think it's it, sh- it should be that you know pastors and members work together to allow friendships to happen in the life of the local church well and, and you have to go into it thinking okay we're, we're going to treat everyone the same right yeah. every member we're going to treat them the same we're going to not give them you know special benefits because they know us better or they right. give more which i don't know what people give in the church um, but we have to establish okay no we're going to we're going to treat everybody the same, right? Yeah. So just because I might spend more time with a particular church member hanging out, doing whatever, doesn't mean I'm going to give them deference over others. So, But that can be a challenge, right? Yeah. So I think that's why some people shy away from it or the perception is there. Well, they're they're the pastor's buddy, so they're going to get what they want. Hmm. That's good. So you do have to be careful with it. Yeah. Any more things about friends? Friends do not let friends write with shower crayons. I, and I, I haven't bought them yet. <laughs> See, I'm your friend. <laughs> hey, you know what? What I do is I'll just reach out, wipe my hands on a towel, and type in my notes on my phone. There you go. I, I think I probably have over like three thousand. Get a waterproof on case phone. on your phone. Look at this. I'm just going to show you, Pastor Bob. No one can, no one can see this because it's like a. I guess there is a video going. But look at this. I mean, watch this. Look how many notes I have on my phone. I don't even think we're out of like 2020 yet. Oh wow. I, we, I do. I did just go all through all of them. But there's a lot. All those were in the shower? No, not all of them in the shower, but probably 30 to 50%. You're welcome for that. All right. Hey, thank you for listening in. 
Uh, we hope you learned something about friendships. Go find a friend or be our friend. Friends are friends forever. Michael W. Smith. You got a friend in me. You got a friend. Yep, that's good. That would have been a good song to play. It would have been. <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs>